Thank you for tuning in to Morning Moments with Pastor Bruce Goddard from Faith Baptist Church. We pray that this is a blessing to you. Great to have a few minutes together today. Thanks so much for joining us. And I just want to say how much um, weekends are a blessing around here. Uh, just Sundays and, and uh, Saturdays and Sundays, the soul winning, the activities. Uh, of course, Sunday, the, the different adult classes, kids' classes. Um, it's an exciting thing being a part of the work of God. And, um, and of course, the devil hates it. Um, he's, he's got an end for anybody who's trying to get the work of God done. But we're, we're here today with um, seven different adult Sunday school classes, and I'm not even sure how many kids' classes. And, of course, uh, children's church and junior church and primary church and and um, we've got uh, our buses and and just a blessing. It's a blessing this spring program uh, that just ended. Been such a blessing, such an encouragement, and, and I love getting to be a part of the work of God. I, I just I can't even imagine not being a part somewhere of the work of God. And I hope you are. And I know some of you are not in our area. Some of you listen to this, and but I hope you'll find a church. I hope you'll uh, just on purpose find it. Find a church where something's happening. And get involved. Get a handful of tracks on Sunday and get them passed out during the week. And and uh, be at Wednesday night Bible study and, or Thursday. I know a few of my friends have Thursday nights. and uh, Be at the midweek service. Join the choir. And if you're not in the choir, sing out in the congregation. Oh, we need people to sing. And the power of a singing congregation um, on a visitor is, is just very difficult to explain. Um, a child, a teenager, growing up in the church. I mean, a church kid like my kids and, and many of your kids. To have a a singing congregation where everybody in the audience is is uh, singing and smiling and happy. Oh, what a what an impact it makes! And the whole ministry. It's it's like the spokes on a on a bicycle wheel. Every little area of ministry holds its area. Um, to keep the whole ministry true and straight. It's just a great thing. And I, I love what I get to do. And there's some battles. But I guess uh, since Jesus said in John 16, in the world you shall have tribulation, I guess we can assume some tribulation. And uh, nothing to, to grumble about. Rejoicing is what uh, we ought to be doing. Rejoice in the Lord always, Paul said, from a jail cell. Unjustly jailed, of course. But he's still... Uh, he still was one of those to be out and rejoicing, and I hope you'll take some time and thank God for what you have. Look around, your health, your family, your house, your job, your car, your country, your salvation, something. Guarantee you got something to rejoice in. Even if you're lost and on your way to hell, you can rejoice that God has saved you anytime you want, and that's a great thing. Um, this morning, I want to mention a couple of things about uh, the circumstances that are difficult, the hardships. And, um, and I realize we're, uh, and I'm, today I'm talking about all of us, but many of the things that you and I face are, um, are things God never intended us to face. Now, will he be with us? Yes. Will he give us strength? Yes. But some of these battles, they're not, they're not in God's plan. You know, some people say, well, God's got a plan. Well, the accident after me driving drunk, that was not in God's plan. The drinking liquor was not in God's plan. So I stepped out of his will. Uh, getting the booze. I stepped out of his wheel, hanging around the booze, drinking crowd. I stepped out of his wheel, getting behind his wheel, getting behind the wheel of a car. And now I'm dealing with this accident 
Um, and I'm not, I'm obviously, I'm just <laughs> telling an illustration here. But um, um, the, the, uh, the reality is that um, that would not be in God's plan. No, would, does God forsake me when I get in an accident um, having been drinking? No, he didn't forsake me, but he may let me go through some battles. And so um, I want you to look at Numbers chapter 14. Just think about Israel when they were in the wilderness. So they had left Mount Sinai. They go up to Kadesh Barnea, and they have the chance to send. They send the 12 spies into the land. They're at 40 days, a um, little over a month. They're wandering through the, the cities, looking at what the giant walled cities, and, and they're looking at the, remember, they brought back grapes, a whole cluster of grapes held in a stick between two men. So, so big one guy wasn't going to carry it. Um, they saw the land. But they focused on the difficulties, not on the potential. But in any case, so now, here they are. Um, they were told by God, go into the land, and they disobeyed. Now, here's a problem. Everything that happens from here on out was not in God's plan. Uh, look at verse 4 of uh, Numbers 14 and verse 4. It says, And they said one to another, Let us make a captain, and let us return to Egypt. Well, God had no intention of them going back to Egypt. God had no intention of them even talking about going back to Egypt. But the fact is, they saw some things that discouraged them. And, and look, folks, th this life can be discouraging. you got to keep your eyes on Jesus. Remember, Peter, he saw the, the storm raging around him. Had he kept his focus on Jesus, he probably could have walked in the water all the way to the Lord. I don't know. I'd have been in the boat with the rest of the guys, I'm sure. Probably wouldn't have been in the boat. I'd probably been back home, tucked into bed. Um, so now the troubles begin to multiply. If you picture this, they, they talk about going back uh, to Egypt, and, uh, oh, God gets um, angry with them. And, and so they, um, them and Moses, you could read down to verse 40 and see the, 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 the dialogue going on. But they said, all right, we were wrong. We'll go up into the land. Moses said, no, don't go up in the land. You're going to go to the wilderness, and, you're, and, and every one of you um, over 20 years old is going to die, and the kids that you said are going to die in the wilderness, we're going to give them the land of Canaan. And so in verse 43 to 45, they they feel bad, so they go back up, and they say, we'll fight. And Moses says, don't go. God's not among you. And the Amalekites drive Israel away because the people went to battle without the Lord. Go over to chapter 16, the first eight verses. Uh, you find Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, this group of guys that get together, and, and the, the noble people of the congregation, uh, they get together against Moses and against Aaron. And, and I'll just throw out this point in defense of of preachers, when a when a preacher's doing right and stand right, um, you'll be better off standing with the preacher than you are with the nobles in the congregation. And in this case, fourteen thousand seven hundred people died. That's in in uh, number sixteen forty nine. Uh, of course, Korah and his crowd, the earth opened up and swallowed them. I believe they went straight to hell. And um, these are these are some of the Levites. These are some of the elite that were supposed to be caring caring for the the care of the tabernacle. and um, but, but you see, Korah shouldn't have been in this position. And uh, it all started because they didn't do the simple thing they're supposed to do, go into the land at Kadesh Barnea. Um, go over to chapter 20, and you get down to verse 2, and Israel's got no water. Now, Miriam had just died. And, of course, that's Moses' sister. There's Miriam and Aaron, and then Moses was the baby of the family. And uh, Moses is the leader. And Miriam had died. And um, Moses was, um, I'm sure, emotional 
Uh, these are difficult days. Uh, there, was, there wasn't any water. And um, now they shouldn't even be in the wilderness. They should be in the land of Canaan, taking control of the nation that God had given them. But instead, they're wandering in the wilderness. So um, God goes to, or Moses goes to God, and God instructs Moses to speak to the rock. Now remember, the last time, he took his rod and he struck the rock. But this time, he was told to speak to the rock. And it was because this rock is a type of Christ. And um, the smiting of the rock is the picture of the crucifixion. Speaking to the rock is us just praying and looking for help. But Moses was emotional and he was shook up about Mary and the people are complaining and griping. And so he, God says, speak to the rock and Moses struck the rock. And here he sealed his fate um, for his future. He was forbidden from entering into the promised land. Now he shouldn't have been there. They shouldn't have been without water. They shouldn't have been, Miriam should have died in the land of Canaan if that was even the right timing. Go down to chapter 20, verse 11. It says, Moses um, lifted up his rod and smote the rock twice. The water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. Now, I'll just say this. Um, if you're a church member somewhere, you be very careful, because you can have your needs met, and you can hurt people by provoking them and pushing them, whether it be your parents, your spouse, your child, um, the, the pastor. In this case, Moses, great, the most meek man that ever lived, God said, and yet the people provoked him. And you know, they got their water, and they went on back their business. They didn't care, but it cost Moses... His, his destiny cost Moses his future. And um, these people provoked him. And um, boy, you need to be careful. I, I never want to be the one that provokes my wife or my children or my friends. I don't want to, I don't want to, boy, I've, I've had two pastors and, and I always wanted to be a blessing to them. And uh, when they were facing battles, I, I wanted to be at their side and wanted them to know I was for them. Um, but, uh, you know, the people didn't care. And they, even when he did die, they they spent their 30 days in mourning, and they went on into the promised land. And um, and they may have grieved. I don't know what was in their heart. But Moses well, paid a price he should not have paid had they all gone into the land of Canaan at Kadesh Barnea. So they're in the wilderness now. They're going to be there for 40 years, one year for every day that the spies wandered. Now look at chapter 21, verse 1. We've got Israelites taken captive by a Canaanite king. That shouldn't have happened because they shouldn't have been there. Chapter 21, verse 4. The road was discouraging. It says they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom, and the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. They shouldn't have been on that road. They shouldn't have had to be discouraged. They should have been in the land of Canaan. And here they are traveling. Chapter 21, verse 6, their discouragement, complaining at God. God sends fiery servants, ser servants, serpents, and um, and many of them start dying. And, and of course, uh, that's where... Uh, Moses made the brass snake and put it on a rod and raised it up. And when they'd look at it, they would live. And that's where we got the symbol of, of the medical symbol of the snake wrapped around the pole. But again, they shouldn't have had to face the wilderness. They shouldn't have had to face the, the lack of water. They shouldn't have had to face the fiery serpents. All this happened because they did not do what they were supposed to do. Um, chapter 22 finds Israel being pursued by Balak. Uh, king of, of the uh, next, the country next door. Well, he hired Balaam, uh, uh, an evil uh, prophet, a godless man, and he hired this guy to curse the nation. Now, the story goes on and on. None of this should have happened. They should have been in the land of Canaan securing their inheritance. They should not have been in the wilderness. They should have honored God, obeyed him, 
and been in their new homes. But see, every time we're disobedient, that disobedience brings us in contact with people or circumstances God did not intend us to face. Now, I'm not saying that God's done with us and he tossed us all into hell. You know that's not true. You're saved. You're on your way to heaven. And God will not forsake you. He said he's never going to leave you or forsake you. And he will help you and he'll strengthen you and he'll help you carry your burdens. But a lot of times we're carrying burdens that are not our burdens to carry. In those times, God is still with us. There are still victories to win. But you read through the book of Numbers, you'll see there's an awful lot of hurt and difficulty that they brought on themselves. Um, I remember a man, uh, he got saved in jail, praise the Lord. But um, the reason he was in jail is he had been with some guys that he should not have been, doing some things he should not have done. And even though he didn't do anything wrong because of him being with them, he was a part of the crime and found himself in prison. Um, it was very difficult and uh, a life-changing event. A man called me to ask some questions. He'd come to our church as a young man, moved across the country many years before. I hadn't heard from him for years, and, and he'd been in a lot of trouble. He'd been in prison and uh, had some troubles, struggles. And he called me, and he, he said, um, um, I got out of jail, and my wife has got a job. And it's, this job was far from decent. I'm not going to say what it was, but he had, she had a very uh, a, an inappropriate job. And it just broke his heart. And he was on the phone, she was on the phone, I'm on the phone talking and all. And uh, yes, uh, no, she should not have had that job. And um, But you know what, had he been um, home where he belonged, had he been working a job like he should have been, had he been being the husband he should have been, she wouldn't have needed to go uh, get a job to support herself and the kids. And um, yes, she was doing wrong. I'm not justifying anything she did, but I'm saying this, had he been dad and husband like he should have been, she would not have found herself in that difficulty. A very successful man in his in his career. I mean, very successful. Um, he called me up one day in another state, not a member of our church, but a good man. And he found out his wife was involved with another man. And this is a good-looking young couple. And, and they've got several kids, and, and but a great couple, very successful. And uh, she'd gotten involved with someone, and she was wrong, of course. But, you know, her husband had been so busy fulfilling his dreams at work that he failed to be a husband and a friend to his wife. And the devil's not stupid. He sees that vacancy, that vacuum, and he just had the right person there at the right time to meet that need in his wife. And um, and it was very sad. And and they, they got through it, and their marriage was spared, and they've, they've lived for God and served God these many years since then. But many times that story could be told of a husband or a wife who got so involved in something that was not the will of God and sometimes it's not sin. Sometimes it's too busy. You know, it could be a wife so wrapped up in her children that she forgets that her husband needs her. And like the one I, Casey just mentioned, the husband gets so busy with work. It works not a sin, but you can work so many hours that, um, that you forget about your spouse. And there are many temptations that we should not have to face, but we did face because we were not doing what we should have been doing. And again, sometimes it's sinful and sometimes it's not sinful. Sometimes it's just um, maybe we spent more than we should have spent on something. It wasn't a sinful thing. Um, could have been um, whatever, um, time-wise. Um, just, you know, I think of Joseph. He made the, uh, or his dad, Jacob, made the coat of many colors for Joseph. There were, there were 12 boys. At this point, um, Benjamin wasn't born yet. So there's 11 boys at the time of this story. And Jacob made a coat of many colors for Joseph because Joseph was his favorite. Now, 
Now look, it's none of my business what another dad does, but I'm thinking that's not real wise. That did not bring Joseph into favor with his brothers. Now, was God with Joseph? Yes. And did God use Joseph? Of course, greatly. But maybe, just maybe, he should have kept the boys a little more equal. I don't know. But um, I'll say this. Let's be careful to do what we're supposed to do and teach our children this because each time we step aside from what we should be doing, we open a door that's very risky to battles we shouldn't face, perhaps battles we're not equipped to face. And so let's be wise. Let's be prudent. Be careful to do the little things right. Walk with God. Honor God. And uh, please, God, with our lives. I hope you have a great day. Thanks for taking a few minutes together. And uh, join us again when we get together once more. Mm-hmm.